ladies and gentlemen, there has been a murder, and you are a suspect. Oh, this is so fabulous. Ain't nothing like getting together with family and having a good meal. I wonder what's for dinner. This is delicious. It was at this moment he knew. This is rotten. Ah! What'd you say? I said eat. <laughs> Drink. And then you say, wait a minute, Sally. I think I got something in my teeth. Could you get it out for me? That's fucking teamwork. What's your favorite position? <laughs> That's cool with me. Not my favorite, but I'll do it for you. What's your favorite dish? I'm not gonna cook it, but I'll order it from Zanzibar. Then I'm yeah. gonna love you discreetly. Yes. And then I'll fucking fuck you discreetly. Yes, man. The tenacious dizzle is my shizzle. You gotta give it up for tenacious D. Yeah, man. Jack Black. Just a moment you know what? He is for my he, dog. Mm-hmm. Jack Blizzy. He's definitely my spirit animal. You do kind of sure. embody the. Thank the, you. The school of rock is what I'm looking for, Jack especially with this hair. Wow. Oh, wow. Nice quaff. <laughs> but anyway, nice quaff. I gotta I gotta pull up our, our script here. All right, so uh yeah, we're back. We're back in the, the this kitchen stood. We're doing this Pee-wee Gaskins part two episode. Part two. We're ready, we're doing it. Yeah. But before we get into that, okay, let's talk about what we encountered tonight with our Eat. Our eat, yeah. With our bon appetit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bon appetit. If you will. Mm -hmm. We did the Trouble Trio Pasta. Trouble Trio Pasta. Which is, I guess, a reimagination of the... The Cornhole Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> no, a reimagination of the viral sensation that hit TikTok. Oh, yeah. yeah I guess yeah, that yeah. was like 2020. Sometime around that time. <laughs> We're old people, you know. <laughs> you know. It takes us a while to get to the, it took the, us a the while, trends, but, right? But when we saw it, we were like, we definitely have to feature this and because we like to eat delicious food and oh, yeah, it man. looks delicious. So we it was it. delicious. We already it had was some. Delicious. It was good. It looked so delicious. We like to eat. To we we, we, we want to. And we want y'all to try it. So yeah. it's a trio. It's so what, a trifecta it of very... three ingredients. Yeah. You got to have your feta, mm -hmm. your tomato, mm -hmm. and your basil. Basil. Yeah. Basil. You put those three Fresh together basil. in the oven. You can add as many seasonings as you like, but and just make sure that's all you, need. you have just like three. The, little, wow. the little grape tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Or cherry tomatoes. Cherry tomatoes. Cherry and grape, yeah. Whatever you got. Mm. And some feta cheese. Yeah. Just a big old block. Just a big old block. block and you let that melt all together. Mm -hmm. And you add some basil and you stir it all together. And it makes a sauce. That it's goes like it's, on, and you just put it right on the pasta. It's, on any it's pasta, freaking good to go. It's it was great. delicious. It was rich, and it just had that nice like sun-dried tomato tang at the mm -hmm. same time. Yeah, it's really good. I so like we it. had an eat, drink, murder twist to it. Yeah, it's the trouble trio. The trouble trio pasta. Yeah. And then for our drink, we had a little. I know you're the mixologist, but I'll tell everyone about it. We had a, a kerosene bomb. In oh. honor of Pee Wee Caskets, yeah. I guess I don't really want to honor him. I think but we created this drink. This I, think, is a I think we did. But EDM signature. You know, it wasn't my personal favorite drink ever. I liked it. I felt like it was it just... It wasn't bad. I just don't do Jaeger anymore. And that's one of the main ingredients. It's Jaeger and spice rum in a Red Bull. It's, it's like it's a, a Jaeger drink bomb. designed for yeah. our listeners that are probably in their 20s. Hardcore. 
No, probably in their 20s. Oh, okay. After you hit that threshold. Uh, yeah. That 30 threshold. Uh, Jaeger just doesn't have the doesn't same appeal. Yeah. It just doesn't. I used you to used drink to that love stuff. Like, yeah, Jaeger. I used to drink it all the time, but I can't do yeah. it anymore. Mm. It's not my uh, my forte. Right. All right. But anyway, let's get let's get into this. I think uh, we did a great story. job. That's our eat. Yeah. That's our drink. And now let's get into the, the All right. Favorite part. So, in our last episode, episode, we left off with Pee Wee serving some time in the South Carolina State Penitentiary because he assaulted a girl with a ball peen hammer after she said, Pee Wee, you're not even good enough to kiss my ass, or something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, so Pee Wee had just killed Hazel Brazel, who was the power man of the pen. I'm just. Asking before we get yeah. into the full extent of this episode, do we have any more of those awesome names like Hazel Brazel? We and have, I think, in this one, we have more of Pee Wee's like really strange, funny sayings, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll get into that okay. in, in a little bit. Yeah, so Pee Wee had just killed Hazel Brazel and he assumed. The power man position. (laughs) Right. And all the things on the inside of prison were doing pretty good because of this. Things on the outside world weren't going that great. Mm -hmm. Mary, his wife that he met down in Florida while he was a carny, was divorcing him. And in order to try and set things straight with his woman, Pee Wee would go on to conceive one of the most masterful prison escapes in... United States history. Oh, I forgot. Just this kidding. is where we picked no, up. It's not. It's not. Right, it's not, not massive. It is it's the not, most Pee Wee Gaskins. It's not like Tom Cruise <laughs> Mission Impossible. No, level it's not like Shawshank. This is no. the most Pee Wee Gaskins way of escaping a prison. It's actually probably one of the most funny prison escapes I think that has ever happened. But he escaped out of anger, right? He's he's ready to get back. Well, we'll we'll see. He he's actually trying to mend things because say what you will. There's actually some evidence to support this. Pee Wee wasn't really the worst dad ever. Well, he was definitely a shitty husband. Let's let's just cut to the chase there. But right. but he did take care of his kids. So he liked the whole nuclear family. I guess you could say he didn't want a divorce. So Mary, his wife that he met down in Florida while he was a carny, was divorcing him. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably one of the most funny prison escapes, though. After attaining this status of power man, Pee Wee had certain privileges around the prison. Mm-hmm. Most important of which is access to the prison's trash disposal. So, Pee Wee's great plan was set into motion when he, mm-hmm. along with the help of a few other inmates, stuffed himself down into one of the trash cans that was going out with the rest of the prison's outgoing garbage. That is ridiculous. And the the trash cans were so small, the guards would never check these trash cans. So uh, it actually worked. And he escaped the South Carolina State Penitentiary. Leave it to South Carolina. By getting out in a trash can. To have the trashiest serial killer of all time. And he wouldn't have been able to do it if he wasn't so damn small because they were tiny little trash cans. But anyway. And he squeezed himself down into a trash can. And right, right. And then he, he pops out around Florence, I mean, the I Florence that's, area. That's clever. It is. It's not. Well, I guess it is kind of Shawshanky then. That's some you know, prison he, break. He crawls through the shit in Shawshank. That gives me some prison so break. He's, yeah. he's in the, in I, the mean, I guess you got to get dirty whenever you're trying to escape dirty. the prisons. Anyway, if it worked, then it worked, right? And it did work. So you got to give Pee Wee his flowers. Yeah. And he'll need them because he'll be probably pretty stinky. 
Um, <laughs> now a free man, Pee-wee decides to not try and patch things up with Mary. <laughs> I don't know why he's like, he's like, I got to get out of prison because, you know, I, I want to patch things up. But then whenever he gets out, he decides, he not, decides to. not to, mainly because he thinks that Mary's never going to forgive him for basically what he did. And, you know, she was kind yeah. of a straight arrow chick. Like mm-hmm. we said before, she wasn't a lot lizard. Right. She, she's more of a straight arrow and she, square. And he thinks that she's never going to forgive him. So it's kind of pointless to try to was mend that relationship. Was it the bashing the woman in the skull or shanking the guy while he was on Probably the shitter? either. That and, and then just being in prison in itself and not helping her, you know. Yeah, she was young mm-hmm. when she married him. We all make bad decisions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know. He'll go on to have about four or five more wives, and we'll talk about some of them in this episode. I'm not saying any of these women did anything wrong. I do have some serious questions, though. What's what's going on, <laughs> South Carolina? Like why? <laughs> like I don't get it. Like why? That's what we're running with. What he does instead is he decides to hotwire a car as soon as he escapes prison, and he does that in Lake City, and he drives to Florida to meet up with one of his old carny pals, Boss Boss Hoss. Boss Boss He's back in the picture. Hoss. But that is where I guess it comes into play, what you said earlier from last episode about where his skills would come into play with his Oh, yeah, and he'll, but even, even further down, he'll, he'll, he's going to start his own little chop shop in the future, but... Mm-hmm. We will we will get into that. I feel like probably I more enough, in episode three and four. I feel like I watched enough action thrillers to be able to in the heat of the moment. Yeah, just hot wire a car. Hot wire it car. seems like it's so easy, right? It seems like it is, but in, I know back in, reality, in the day, I doubt I can yeah. actually do that. And back in the day, handy. it was probably a lot easier than it would be now. Anyway, there's so many like security systems and all that but stuff. Right now, do you feel like if you no absolutely to? not? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to like change oil or anything. I'm mm-hmm. terrible with cars. Anyway, Pee Wee starts working back at the carnival, and that's where he meets his second wife. Junie Alice Holden. Before we get into this marriage, I actually have someone that I'm going to give a phone call to real quick. They have some information that they want you to do. Hold on. Okay. Uh, hello? Oh, uh. Yeah, uh, who is this? Hey, yeah, it's actually Sharif and Charles from the podcast that I talked to you about. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about you guys. Y'all doing a story about me, and I just wanted to say, uh, I have this little place. It's called The Hideout, and Uh I really wanted you and and, and Charles to come. We're not going to cornhole. No, I'm sorry. I'm just going to, before you start. But, yeah, everybody, we have have Pee Wee here, and he's going to tell us about his his wife. Like, go ahead. Oh, you want to know about Junie? Yeah. Well, I don't know what got into me, but... But every time I was around that girl, my balls and pecker felt like a nest full of hornets was inside buzzing around and stinging, trying to shoot out. I don't know what that means, but keep going, Pee Wee. She was 19 and knew what was what, but she wouldn't do nothing to ease my pain. Mm-hmm. The only way I could ever get to her to relieve my condition was to marry her. What was your condition? Uh, the, the whole wasp in my balls thing. Got it. I let boss to get back to the carnival the best way he could, and I took off with my Junie. Kind of romantic. It's like a, yeah, it's a marriage made uh, in heaven? It sounds like a... <laughs> On a bee farm. Um, <laughs> hear a little bit more. Did, how long did that last, Pee Wee? Well... We got married and stayed together for two weeks before I ran out of money, and all them hornets suddenly either died in their nest 
or it flew out of my pee hole and drowned in her pussy. <laughs> I guess I don't need to ask, did you consummate the marriage or not? Well, I knew right then and there there was no way that our marriage was ever going to work. I took her back to Lake Wales. And I went back to the carnival and never saw her again. Oh no. That's pretty cool, Pee-wee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shit. Well, even though this marriage was very short-lived, new love was not far away from oh, Pee-wee. Wow. Pee-wee started seeing a contortionist with the carnival who went by the name Zena from Zanzibar. <laughs> <laughs> and he was quite stricken with so her. So that's why we did the Oh, yeah, yeah. With yeah. Jack Black. With Zanzibar. I I'm think Zanzibar is probably like a West Coast restaurant. From Zanzibar. Right. Hey, Pee Wee, hold on. Are you still there? You still with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about Zena. Zena was what they call a contortionist, mm -hmm. uh, which meant she would wrap her ankles around her neck and walk on her hands. She did that for me butt naked, and she fucked me that way, which was surely the most exciting way I'd ever done it. <laughs> Was it better than cornhole? Well, she loved to fuck while she was twisted up like some sort of pretzel. And I never met a woman who liked sex, well, any kind of sex as much as she did. That must have been really great. That must have been. <laughs> that must have been pretty wow. awesome, Pee-wee. So after some time together, eventually Zena, her real name was Betty Jean Gates, mm -hmm. uh, she convinces Pee-wee to travel up to Tennessee with her so she can bail her brother out of jail. What she doesn't tell Pee-wee is that while they're on the way to Cookville, Tennessee, in a stolen vehicle, mind you, All right. that she's wanted by the law. So it turns out she's wanted in at least five different states. After they arrive and check into a hotel near the jail, Zena or Betty Jean, whatever, she spills her guts and she tells Pee-wee that she can't go bail her brother out of the county jail because of her multiple warrants which are the following. Grand Theft Auto, burglary, larceny, armed robbery, and forgery. Damn. <laughs> you really know how to pick so, a Pee-wee. Yeah. Well, Pee-wee had his doubts about helping her because, you know, he's already wanted because he's escaped prison. But as he was starting to second guess himself, she hit him with the pretzel. <laughs> hit him with the pretzel move, man. So, um, after that contorting manipulation, Xena <laughs> hands Pee-wee a carton of cigarettes and some bail money and sends him on his way. Good little Pee-wee. When Pee-wee gets to the jail, he Pee hands Zena's- Pee-wee can't resist a pretzel. No, no, he couldn't at all. When Pee-wee gets to the jail, he hands Zena's brother the cigarettes mm -hmm. in an envelope full of bail money. He noticed her brother looked really nothing like Zena, mm -hmm. but seeing as how they had the same last name, he didn't think too much of it, but he was wrong. On his way back to the motel, Zena, along with all of her belongings and the stolen car, is nowhere to be seen. Not knowing whether to be pissed off or worried sick, Pee-wee decides to sleep it off until he's awakened by police bashing in the hotel door and arresting his ass. <laughs> it turns out, Zena's brother was actually Zena's husband. Damn. And hidden inside that car of Palm Oil cigarettes that he handed Zena's husband was a razor blade that Zena's husband used to kill a guard and escape jail with. Damn. So, he gets woken up by these police officers 
after sleeping. And this is something like a common occurrence because this happened before. He just gets woken up by the police. I think his biggest enemy is sleep. Sleep is the cousin of death, right? No, I think his biggest enemy in this situation was that damn pretzel. <laughs> that pretzel. Oh! <laughs> so fast forward, Pee-wee is sentenced to six months in Tennessee prison for aiding and abetting an escape. After serving six months in Tennessee, Pee-wee gets extradited back to South Carolina to finish his sentence for hitting that girl with the hammer. Mm-hmm. Pee-wee claimed his power man status at the state penitentiary was still in good effect, but because of his escape, he's held in maximum security, solitary confinement, 24-7, which meant him being a power man meant pretty much nothing. The isolated life was actually really getting to Pee-wee, and for a while, he was feeling pretty low. And just at his lowest, he gets a little visit from the FBI. As it turns out, Mm -hmm. since Pee-wee had stolen a car and crossed state lines, he committed a federal crime and was sentenced to three years in federal prison in Atlanta, Georgia. During his escape in the trash can. Right, right. After his escape in the trash can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he steals the car, but he crossed state lines with that stolen car. Mm -hmm. So he gets a federal charge and he ends up spending time in Atlanta. So anyway, he gets sentenced to three years in federal prison, which he had a much better time there than he did in solitary. Mm -hmm. As Pee Wee explains in Final Truth, the Atlanta prison was much different than any institution he previously attended. Most notably, it was integrated, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I mean, it's the 50s, right? Um, 60s, maybe at this point, I don't know. It's almost the 60s, mm-hmm. so it's late 50s. Yeah. But also that nobody really belonged to anybody there. There was Power Men, though. The Power Men of the pen in Atlanta happens to be none other than Frank Costello. Do you know who Frank Costello is? So Frank Costello, he's basically like your quintessential Italian mobster. Right. Mob <laughs> boss, right? But yeah, total mob boss. He was born... Allegedly. In- Allegedly. Sorry. Right. Please <laughs> save us. <laughs> We're just doing a podcast for fun here. Please don't shoot us. But yeah, he was like an Italian American crime boss of the 1970s. Night. Well, he died in the 1970s. Right. So I guess more of the of the 50s through the 60s was mm-hmm. his reign, mm-hmm. and he was made famous whenever an assassination attempt failed on him by an even bigger mob boss. Oh, and what's really crazy. cool... I want to do a mobster series. That would be a so good. Series, yeah. Dang, nice. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Is that... Wait. Do you hear that? I don't know. What What do we have here? It's oh, a... God, it's coming. It's coming in the middle of the episode? I've never seen this before. It's... Power Plus. <laughs> We're getting so good at this. Oh my gosh, yes, this is it. So what voice should I do this time? I think I'm going to do a, a New York City mobster for this oh, one. Wow. Okay. you the mobster voice. So right? listen, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We have all the delicious social medias. We have Instagram. Tell us about it, Frank. We have TikTok. Yeah. Uh, you can reach us. If you want to talk to us directly, you go on the internet. If he dies, he dies. Yeah, if he dies, he dies allegedly. <laughs> You go on the internet and you go to eat, drink, murder, podcast at gmail.com. You send us an email. Yeah. Okay. Then we'll get in touch with you through another guy. Okay. And also, if you want to reach us directly, 
Is he hit us up in that place he or drink on murder? He drink murder. That's what I'm trying to get to. Will you let me fucking speak. You, okay. You're breaking my oh, balls shit. here. You're breaking my balls. See, drink murder. Got it. Got it. That's that's pretty much all I have to say. But if you need anything else, you know who to talk to. Nice, nice power plug. Thank you. I oh, appreciate. That. I almost lost my life. Frank Castillo was about to kill me, but we got through the power plug. And uh, yeah, this guy is basically somebody that you don't want to mess with. Absolutely not. But uh, you may know him. He he was actually in in popular culture. He was actually known for um, being referenced in a lot of the movies and the mobster movies. A lot of oh, the mobster yeah, movies man. and the stuff oh, that we yeah. watched today. One of the most I guess notable would be The Departed. The Departed, yeah, you know, Mr. Costello. Do, what episode was that where you did The Departed? Yeah, no, no, that wasn't The Departed. It was. was. <laughs> it was. It was your John Douglas voice. Right. In Mindhunter, but yeah, we have. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, The Departed features Irish mob boss. His name was actually named Frank Costello. Costello. Yeah, yeah, he's played by Jack Nicholson. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the guy himself, he was part of which crime family? He was a part of the Luciano crime family. Allegedly. <laughs> anyway, so the Pee Wee, just imagine this Pee Wee Gaskins, freaking tiny killer criminal, is in jail with one of the biggest mobsters of the middle of the 20th century. It's crazy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and it's true. He was definitely in the same prison as Pee Wee, serving a sentence for what was most likely tax evasion. It's kind of unclear because he was in and out of prison so many times. But the longest time he was in prison was for tax evasion, just like how they got all the mobsters. All the mobsters is still here. Anyway, Pee Wee stated that Mr. Costello was quite a sickly man, and he had daily visits to the prison doctor. It's so sad. When he wasn't getting checked out by the doctor, he would meet up with his lawyers two to three times a week in one of the prison conference rooms, probably like to handle the the day-to-day -day operation on the inside. Anyway, in Pee Wee's cell, there were four other New York men that had been sentenced with Mr. Costello, and Pee Wee described them as very nice men. Um, of course, when these men took Pee Wee to go see Mr. Costello, the crime family boss had already heard of Pee Wee Gaskins. Of course, he knows Pee Wee Gaskins. He called him his little hatchet man. <laughs> Which, like, is giving me flashbacks to my ICP days. <laughs> but he would never know this. This is this is not true. There's no fucking way this is possible that Frank Costello would know who the fuck Pee Wee Gaskins is. It's just Pee Wee did that to embellish himself. In his book. But, yeah. yeah. His first crime, he got in trouble when he had to go to the reform school. When he was a kid, he broke into that house and there was the little girl that had the hatchet and he took her hatchet and then hit her over the head. That's true. So he was the little hatchet man. In return, Pee Wee called these guys the wise men because they were wise guys, <laughs> which is not the, I don't think that's exactly the, anyway. Over Pee-wee's head, over my head, over everyone's head. It's it's crazy. All right, wise guy. <laughs> right, it's not they're wise. They're just, you know, they're they're wise guys. But no, he thought they were, you know, the wise men. And he learned all the ins and outs of the business tactics of your everyday New York crime family. Mm -hmm. When the wise men were released. They even gave Pee-wee a job on the outside, along with a big hug 
after handing him an Italian to English dictionary. <laughs> so, <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> so, a big hug. So towards uh, an Italian English dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of Pee Wee trying to be Italian? It'd be like the that scene in uh, Inglorious Bastards. Where he's like, Bongiorno. Oh, right. <laughs> Bongiorno. <laughs> anyway, so on August 6, 1961, Pee Wee is finally released from the Atlanta Federal Prison. He gets a new suit, $20 in his pocket, and a bus ticket home to Florence, South Carolina. He stays with his mother for a while until he gets in a fight with his stepdaddy and nearly kebabs him through the neck with a pitchfork. It was like some stupid fight that he, he told him to do something and he didn't want to do it. So he basically holds a pitchfork to his stepfather's neck. Uh, Pee Wee um, ain't the one in, anymore. He ain't the one. I mean, one thing about Pee Wee, he learned early from old Hennett. Well, Hennet. I don't know if this was Hennett. Hennet but Hennet. it was one of his stepdaddies. Anyway, after that, Pee Wee decides it's probably not best if he stays at his mom's anymore. So he meets a traveling preacher. This is great combo right here. He meets a traveling preacher and starts to work with him being a driver along the coast of South Carolina, which will be very important in the next episode mm-hmm. because that's where he's going to be committing most of his crimes is along the coast between Myrtle Beach and Charleston. Okay. Okay. While he's not driving the preacher around, he's breaking into those nice coastal houses and racking up some serious cash. He also meets his third wife... Jerry Dolores, and according to Pee Wee, she was just fine. <laughs> so she didn't. I think after the pretzel, he kind of like nothing is is good. Yeah, I'm um, sure. Sure, the pretzel set the bar high. Right. The bar high. <laughs> so uh, he continues this driving job for about two years until he gets into some really bad trouble back home, and I think maybe trouble's not the right word. He uh, he rapes a 12 year old girl named Patsy, and he gets arrested and taken to the Florence County Jail. One day while he's on trial, he's still on trial, he's sitting in the second story defendant's waiting room at the Leo Courthouse when he gets to thinking how much he'd really hate to have to go back to state prison. Hold on, wait. Somebody's somebody's giving us a call. Let's let's see what this Hello? is. Hey, Hello? this is Pee Wee. Oh, oh my yeah, well, God. Well, I want to tell you about this. I had to tell you this crazy story. I'm sorry. I had to tell you this crazy story. It's the second mm-hmm. time, uh, but it was kind of the first time. I don't know. But I really didn't want to go back to the state penitentiary. And um, so they they put these cuffs on me and locked me inside a room and i was waiting for the lawyer and the prosecutor but they they then they took the cuffs off and quick as a flea fuck i jumped out the window a, a flea fuck okay it was a very quick fuck you ever fucked a flea well let me tell you please have one of the smallest <laughs> mouths in the animal kingdom. And trust me, I know all about the animals in the animal kingdom. 
You're very smart. Well, that window that I jumped out of, it wasn't even barred or shut. The law was damn sure nobody would ever be crazy enough to jump out the window 30 feet above the ground. But I was little, little Pee Wee Haskins, who didn't weigh but 120 pounds, shoes and all. So I just aimed my ass back for the boxwood edges that lined the sidewalk and jumped out. All I got was some scratches and a bruise. But I paid them no never mind. I was a free man. All right, Pee Wee. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for calling us again. I really hate you. You really appreciate that real ass so anyway after he jumps out the window (laughs) after he jumps out the window and lands in some bushes he steals another car Mm -hmm. and he books it back to florida to once again join the carnival with boss boss us but unfortunately when he makes it down this is some funny i don't know why i'm laughing when he makes it down he discovers that boss boss has had a horrific family tragedy. Mm-hmm. One day while Hoss was out working at the carnival, a fire broke out in the camper that he lived in, killing his wife and children. Stricken with grief, he kills himself and puts an end to Pee Wee's carny career. What happens next is a very bizarre series of events. So... Pee-wee hears about this Native American preserve. <laughs> Sorry, this is going to get really, really good. Just stay with us. Okay. Hears about this really weird Native American preserve in Robertson County, North Carolina, that typically stays out of the eyes of the law because, you know, it, you know they don't like law enforcement on these mm-hmm. Native American... I mean, why would they? Yeah. Anyway, so he goes there and he stays at a boarding house for a while. He ends up marrying his fourth wife, a 17-year-old Native American girl from the Lumbee tribe named Lenny. Lenny. Now, mind you, he's still married to, to Jerry at this time. So he's already ha- he already has a wife, okay? I'm sure he's still married to his first wife. Pro- you, know <laughs> you know That's the only one I think he really actually... Mary, I think, is the only one he legally divorced. Okay. So... so you know, he's a polygamist. You can add that to the to everything. Anyway, so that lasts that whole marriage lasts for about three months. And Pee Wee gets tired and decides to check on his other wife, Jerry. And he calls her from work. Uh, she works at Lake City, South Carolina. I love Lake City. It's such a cool little town. Mm. Anyway, um, he tells her to meet him in Savannah, Georgia, at the local honky tonk, the Crab Tooth. Not the crab tooth. The crab tooth. And I tried to look up the crab tooth, but I couldn't find anything, unfortunately. <laughs> but Pee Wee said it had the best seafood. Anyway, after they meet up, Pee Wee and his wife, Jerry, are traveling down the highway when sirens and lights start going off behind them. In an effort to evade the authorities, Pee Wee loses control of the vehicle and crash lands into a swamp. Jerry and him get out of the car. Jerry ends up getting caught and detained by police while Pee-wee escapes through the swamp. Oh, my God. Until he he comes across some train tracks eventually and train hops it all the way back to North Carolina to meet up with Quattro Lenny. Just left, just left old poor Jerry hanging. <laughs> Which Jerry's the dude's name anyway. Anyway. Uh, so so now, is Lenny. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know what? I think we're on to something here. What anyway. are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? Uh, suppressed emotions much? <laughs> now, Pee-wee? 
Pee Wee said that Lenny was mad as hell about him taking off, but she was even more mad by the fact that she found out that he was already married. So uh, Pee Wee apologizes. He does a little sweet talking. And according to him, Lenny seemed to believe him and let bygones be bygones. I'm sure that's how that works. Right. But Pee Wee made a grave mistake. (laughs) He goes on to say, If my dick hadn't been so hard, I probably could have spotted the angerness smoldering inside her. Because <laughs> sure enough, after getting something to eat and making a couple love fucks, I drifted away and was aroused by five police officers. <laughs> He's always asleep and he gets woken yeah, up by wow, the cops. You're right. This is a running But then, I think it's funny. He calls them love fucks. Love fucks. What's a love fuck? <laughs> so there's just, pussy fucks. There's pussy fuck cherries, love fucks, and then there's a flea fuck, right? Yeah, he did say flea fuck. <laughs> Quick as a flea fuck. Quick as a flea fuck. I'm going to use that one. Um, anyway, Pee Wee. Please don't. <laughs> he gets extradited back to Florence County where he was charged with the rape of Patsy, that 12 year old girl. Wait. Yeah. I, I, I'm getting a call here. Should be telling you about this. I could be self-incriminating. Well, it's yeah, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I thought it would be okay. I wanted to tell you about when I got in trouble. Um, I was sure that whenever I was in trial for this rape charge, I could convince a jury that there was no harm and nothing wrong with me having sweet, loving sex with a 12-year-old girl. Oh fuck you. Uh, well, particularly when I hadn't physically force her or threaten her in any way. Man, fuck you, Pee-wee. Get off my lawn. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Get the fuck out of here. Well, they did not agree with him. (laughs) Believe it or not. And Pee-wee was sentenced, even though it's very strange, none of it really kind of makes sense, but he does get only sentenced for six years for statutory rape for this. Um, I mean, at this point, it does make sense. We've been doing this podcast long enough to see this pattern here. Yeah. It's something that we've seen enough that rape is not something where we see justice not a whole lot actually of it. ever happen. Not at all. For, so. Yeah. So he only gets six years plus two additional years for escaping the courthouse with his window antics. Pee Wee ends up serving his sentence back in the South Carolina State Penitentiary, newly named the South Carolina Central Correctional Institution, or CCI, and it was pretty uneventful this time around. The main difference during this incarceration uh, was that they had a new warden who got rid of all this power man business. Pee Wee spends most of his time, as he calls it, being ass pucker respectful. And in the summer of 1968, he gets paroled and is once again a free man. Not gonna lie, ass pucker respectful is, is ass a, pucker respectful. That's pretty good. Yeah. Now the next chapter of Pee Wee's life, if true is probably the most diabolical part of his life. Okay, tell us about it. So, well, no. <laughs> Why not? We can't because we're going to get into it on the next episode. Oh. When we continue with part three. Part trace. Of Pee Wee Gas. I like that. Yes, we should have probably saved the Troubled Trio pasta well, see, for episode if, three. If, but... Well, so if, if, if this part is true, which I highly doubt this part of the book, that there is going to be some parts, I think, which I'll tell you, mm-hmm. that I think are true. I feel like the most of these murders that 
He basically just goes on a rampage and commits most of his murders that take place along the coast of South Carolina. So he calls these his coastal killings. So we'll have to come up with some type of coastal dish, coastal dish. I like for it. part three yeah. of Pee Wee Gaskins. Until then, wow. everyone, stay safe out there. It we was love you. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. We love Good you. Good night. Bye bye. We love you. We love you all. We love you so much. We love you so much. Oh, God. Get out of here, Pee Wee, you fucks. Oh, that's a hot one. That's a spicy meatball.